0: This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara on the Lake, or check out their website at isellers.ca.
1: Find out how you can support us like Adnan by visiting patreon.com/slash two guys talking wine. <laughs> You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Now, let's, uh, let's shoot some. Cause, like, nothing has really grinded our gears lately. We've been pretty good. You know what, Andre? I saw the um,
0: I saw the new VQA logo on a, a <laughs> bottle of wine Kay. recently.
1: Okay, we're bringing this up again? And I
0: really, I really f- hate it. I hate it more than I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I hated it. Now I've seen it on the wine and I hate it even more. I hate it. It's a square. The old VQA logo was kind of a semi-stop sign. It didn't have all the sides of a stop sign, but at least had some geometrical shape that was different. This is a square. It doesn't stand out on a bottle. If I I didn't even notice it was on the bottle until I started reading the label. And then I went, hey, did you see the new VQA logo? It's right here. And you said, yeah, I saw it. I go, this is a piece of I'm sorry. I really don't mean to swear this much, but it really looks horrible and I'm really upset by this and I don't know what was paid for it by VQA, by the Wine Council, by we've whoever. We've already
1: done this. We've already done this podcast. I'll be honest. I saw it on the same bottle we tasted it for our, our two thumbs up initiative and um I mean you'll if you don't know about it, you'll find out about it very soon. But check dot com to check out um our monthly Simplification of wine scores. Yeah, it's
0: not. We're not scoring anything. We're just. Uh, uh, well, we
1: are. We're scoring. We it, are, but-, but we're we're
0: we're bringing <laughs> out our in our, our our inner Siskel and Ebert. Yes. Although we're both we're both kind of an Ebert because we're chubby.
1: Yes, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. that's just how it works. Ebert and Ebert. Ebert and
0: Ebert. I guess so. Anyway, I just I just saw that bottle and I was not not very happy. On
1: the other hand, since we're just. Uh, shooting hey! Uh, do, shooting I, you, do I not you get to give my two cents about the logo? Oh, I'm,
0: I'm sorry. You can talk about it
1: now. It's not as bad as I thought, but I still don't like it. I
0: hate it.
1: And I don't know if it's going to be... It
0: doesn't stand out. You know, it might just
1: be like that scene from Wayne's World. And hang on, let's see if I can find the quote. It's like a new pair of underwear, you know? At first it's constrictive, but after a while it becomes a part of you. So it might just be like a new pair of underwear, you know?
0: And then I'm I'm not I don't like that pair. It's not, not pair. It'll pair.
1: eventually become a part of you, Michael.
0: I don't I just I guess I gotta see it on another label. But that was the first time I've seen it and I was just very I was appalled at seeing it.
1: Okay, let it go. Let so, it go. Let it go. Let it go
0: And Frozen Two is coming out, so that's a that's a nice little segue. The Disney people should should send us some tickets for that. Then we no, can...
1: I'm good. <laughs> You know what? I'm one of the it's only a nice people. Frozen in the wine time d- with ice wine? No, I didn't really enjoy the first one. I thought it was an okay
0: movie. I'm a big Disney fan.
1: I like Disney. I just that one just didn't quite do it for me.
0: So I uh, I, I brought along uh, an old bottle, and you you went to this region. You went to the Long hmm and uh, I brought along. I I just thought about it, and I thought, you know what? We don't we don't talk a lot about old wines, as in, I know we do it for the. Uh, Something the chump. chump, but we just don't sit around and shoot the breeze over an old bottle of wine and i thought you know what this is a chateau de Ceramie, uh 2002 corbiere so it's a 17 year old long duck wine
1: you know what i appreciate that you share the old wines that you bring and that we bring to the podcast and um i really appreciate your cellar as well as the philosophy behind your cellar um because you do, you do some cataloging of wine cellars for people Correct. who have quite a bit of disposable income. Yes. And they have cellars with wines worth more than you and I would be willing to spend, even though we've established. Like, when I spend $100 on a bottle of wine, that's not something that's going to get squirreled away forever. I have the intention of drinking it. Yeah, are And there's they, people that you... Like, there are people in this city and in this province who exist that have bought more $100 bottles of wine than they can literally drink.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. I agree with that.
1: So the thing I love about your cellar is it literally is like playing the lottery because we've had some real gems. It's a drinking cellar. Yeah. But it's a it's a... I hate to say it. It's a cheap drinking cellar. No. Well, I mean... Inexpensive. I think my mother inexpensive would like or, or economical is a, is a better way to say it because... You are also fortunate enough, given the fact that you do what you do, that you write about wine, even writing about wine for a while, that you kind of had the leading edge on what were the more economical and affordable, handmade, terroir-driven wines. So all of this being said, I'm not really a fan of old wines. Oh, um, I I like old wines
0: and our, our, our good friend Conrad Edgebeck.
1: definitely a fan of old but, wines.
0: But, uh, you know, and he got me into... Understanding and why I like old wines, because he was like you know you know they change, and they do and and I guess you know when I teach, I always tell people that if you like fresh fruit, don't age your wine if you like older you know dried fruits, more pencil shaving, more you know um, forest floor is always a neat little little word that people laugh at, but yeah. Just if you like that in your wine and you want to watch a wine develop, um, I think it's a lot of fun. And, and one of the things I, I did uh, when I first started out was I bought a cheap uh, case of wine. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, something San Pedro's Gato Negro. And I bought, <laughs> I bought a case of it.
1: Does that not come in uh, bottles now that are cat-shaped? No wait, no, that's that's uh, a
0: it's a riesling out of um
1: oh it does come in the cat shape yeah but it is a
0: cat shape but that's that's not that's a so gato negro is obviously the black cat chili. Chile yeah you can get it in the 1.5s now but uh, but for I, like ten dollars yeah but I, I ended up buying uh, a, a a case because it was like seven eight dollars so I thought let let me check out and see how wine ages and that was my experience and that's and that's interesting because I kept coming back to it because knowing that it's not going to age. For forever. That one yes. was a cheap. But every six months, I just opened a bottle and made notes on it and, and made notes on how it changed. And then over the course of the that six years, I really saw the
1: change of
0: wine and it got me interested in aging other stuff.
1: And that being said, though, like I've learned, especially with some of the regions I visited in France, like I've been to Bordeaux. You know, you can taste, and you, even at the Vintages tastings, it's really interesting because I, I don't know if a lot of people know how the process works. We go to the LCBO headquarters. They have wines available to taste for media. You taste them out of small ISO glasses, which are, they're a little bit bigger than champagne flutes, and they're certainly smaller than what you, you would, know, you would, you would expect someone to drink out of. But, I mean, it's it's supposed to give you a good indication of what the wine's going to perform like
0: they, they they're meant to show faults is what they're meant to
1: show but there's a lot of wines that we taste where they've literally opened the bottle and you and i taste at nine in the morning mm-hmm. the bottle was open less than an hour before we got there and especially when we're talking about things from the southern Rhone, Chateau a nifty pap mm-hmm. and a lot of the bordeaux that's really young you taste these wines and i think even places like um cahor yeah you and uh argentina mm-hmm. It's just like when you get these wines that have a lot of tannin, those big massive tannins, and you taste those wines young, it really does get in the way of what that wine can and should taste like. You know, it's kind of like...
0: Basically what you're saying is we should be tasting at 2 in the afternoon.
1: No, I want to be there first.
0: I do too, but I mean to get the best out of some of those wines, we should be tasting at 2 in the afternoon after they've been open for 5 or 6 hours.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, we talked... Geez, in the last podcast that we did about the Domaine de St. Joseph that you're going to age for three, four, or five years before you open, when I opened my bottle, I opened it for a group of people that I had over, but it was by design. Uh, I opened that bottle five hours before the company showed up because I knew it needed the time. I bought two bottles of that wine. The first wine I opened and I drank pretty much the same way we would have tasted it at the LCBO, and I enjoyed it over an evening. But that first glass was so closed off and tight, like a a young wine. And when we're talking about a wine that's like really, really young, you know, it's like trying to watch a movie, you know, with like a sheet in front of your eyes, like right up against your eyes where like you can kind of see what's happening on the side of the sheet, but there's this like murkiness in the way. You know what I mean? Is that? I'm a
0: little nervous that you're wearing sheets around the house. Please don't do that on the street.
1: Well, they're not white sheets, so it's not that bad. No, 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 no. But coming back to this, no, this,
0: this the ceramic is 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 actually quite lovely, and it still comes through the LCBO, if not at the LCBO. Um, I, you know, I I guess I don't worry about, you know, you 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 talk about my wine cellar, yeah. I don't really worry about European wine in the cellar, like it's it's stuff I pass. I look I look at it, I go. You know what? It's European. I'm okay with it. It's old European. I'm good with it. Okay. I'm always worried about New World stuff. Argentina, some Chile, California. I don't know how old those cheap bottles age. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like a ten, twelve, fifteen dollar bottle of California Cab that I had bought. You know, a fourteen bottle, dollar bottle of uh, Zin. Uh, I worry about. Whereas something like this from the Long Dock from Carbiere, I'm like, you know what? That's it. I was just wandering through today and I saw. You know that looks pretty interesting. Let's see how a sixteen-year-old Corbière will taste. And because we had just done something on the long dock, I thought let's give it a shot. And I think I, I think these wine this wine shows great, and I think it's going to continue to evolve through the evening. Although I think we're already halfway, no, about
1: three quarters. Uh, and to me, I taste this. There's nothing wrong with this wine. Like it's very good, and there's no there's no faults in it. Like. I see, thanks to your cellar tracker, you spent $11 on this bottle. Yep. And, I mean, it tastes like old wine. Like, it's definitely aged, uh, I'd say, maybe not so gracefully 13 years compared to some of the old Bordeaux I've had a chance mm-hmm. to taste. Like, there's certain, wa- there's certain wines that are built by design but to, the old, to age.
0: But the old Bordeaux that you would have had was not
1: $11. No, that's very true.
0: So, you know, you would expect them to have some longevity. This has some longevity and unexpectedly so when so, I when I sat that down I never went okay so I'm gonna open it with Andre in sixteen years obviously we didn't even know each other when when yes. I bought that but that I that I brought it out thinking let's let's see what happens I think speaks volumes to how wine was made and is made I think Wine these days is meant to drink more sooner? I think more sooner? More you sooner? Mean,
1: you mean just sooner? Sooner, more sooner? Sooner like, rather than later?
0: Like what what is it? Like 20 uh, 90% of all bottles are drank within 24 hours. 95 a... within within 48.
1: I mean it's the thing about this having wine having... Was,
0: was built to, was built to age and we didn't even realize uh-huh, it was uh-huh, built uh-huh.
1: to age. You know what? I, I do love that you and I you and I both use the term built like that a wine is built, that a wine is built with a certain purpose. And we recently tasted through that like hard hitting lineup of California Cab that just came through vintages. Mm -hmm. And there are certain bottles that we tasted and I can't remember which one's off the top of my head, but they're not even going to be remotely close to where they should be for another three, four years. Where another one like the Faust, the Faust Cabernet Sauvignon is a $60 bottle of Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. That bottle is... Good to go right now. You take that home, you open it, fine, maybe a half hour, maybe an hour for it to open up, but it's good to go right now. If we decided to put that in the Michael Pinca cellar and forget about it for 16 years, 16 years that wine is also going to deliver the good 16 years from now. But it'll be different, it's, it's different built, goods. It's built to be both. Different goods. That being said, though, something like, um, I don't know, I'll say a Ridge Montebello. Ridge Montebello, though, is a wine that's good when it's young, and you and I are fortunate enough to get to taste it at least every couple of years. Um, but that is definitely a wine that's almost inert. Like, that'll be good for 30, 40 years.
0: Yeah, they do, uh, they do age very well. I, okay, I, I, I have one in my cellar <laughs> that actually is good till 2030. Oh, my God. That's what it says oh.
1: 2030. Will, we, Only will we, know, we still be I alive? Hope, I hope we're still friends in 2030.
0: <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Okay,
1: but let's talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about whether or not it's it's fact or just personal biases about whether or not wines are made to age. Because um, I was really thinking hard about this because we did the podcast about Ontario gamay, and I was really disappointed. Most of those wines did not age terribly gracefully. Like they evolved, they did evolve. But I was in Beaujolais. In 2014, I had a high-quality producer, uh, Chateau de Vaude-Renard, open in 2009 Nouveau. 2009 was an exceptionally hot vintage in Beaujolais, and five years later, that wine was still fresh and young and very tasty. Granted, I certainly wouldn't do that with the Nouveau that's coming through the LCBO because, listen, God bless the LCBO for still bringing Nouveau, and I just I don't think the market in Ontario gives a crap about it. No, but, there were
0: seven wines this year, right? That was it.
1: And there, there. Sh- I'm sorry. There. Sh- I they, really. They were drinkable. There was but some. But, there was
0: some. There was some better sh- than 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 there was some better, sh- and there was some shit. But okay, there was but, better but, shit.
1: but I've had a chance to reflect on that trip that I took to France for the Nouveau release and and subsequent trips to France to taste Nouveau and other Gamay from Beaujolais, and we are not even remotely getting the good stuff. I mean, there are good bottles of Nouveau that Hello, are being made.
0: Hello, Dominique Piron.
1: Totally. I was actually talking to Julien Rivillon on uh, on Facebook today. We're, we're recording this podcast on Nouveau Day. And, you know, I, I wish there was a feasibility where the agents could get on board with, you know, even bringing, Jesus, like 30 cases of Nouveau in for the hardcores like you and I who would enjoy it to bring in the good stuff. But anyways, the, the, the point that I'm making... I guess this is a bit of a tangent. Let me just kind of bring it back. You talked about Dominique Piron. I visited Dominique Piron once again on that same trip in 2014. And 1990, Morgon was open for me. That wine was 24 years old and still young and fresh. We're not even talking about showing its age. We're not talking about secondary flavors. We're talking about like that wine was still in its first third of life.
0: I well, I still have a couple of bottles of the Chirubla that uh, that you and I picked up when we were in uh, Quebec for yes. the uh, Saguenay. Wine mine Festival. is long
1: gone. I mean, that's the problem with with Beaujolais. Beaujolais is like the California Cabernet that I like. It, you can drink it right away without guilt. But
0: Great. now that I know you have the bottles in your cellar and feeling guilty about drinking mine, I, I'm waiting. I want to see what happens, and I think that's the that's kind of the beauty of. Of having a seller, I guess, yes. is is losing stuff by accident on purpose. Accidentally on purpose, I guess. I know I lose stuff and I and I kinda do it on purpose, but then I do actually lose stuff like this bottle here. And I'm I'm happy with it. I know you don't like older wine, but no, I'm he... happy. And I and I think we can but, but, but we here's... can probably close off there.
1: Well, I, I don't let me just kinda bring it back though, is like you know just to kind of like really quantify like this is very drinkable to me. It's leathery, it's black licorice, um it's coffee maybe maybe that's what I don't like about old old wines they tend to lean coffee and I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm
0: not a coffee drinker either but I get a little bit of tea leaf. I like tea.
1: Yeah, Love I do. Tea. I do like the tea leaf on this as well but the tannin is soft and mm-hmm. done. Yep. Like this is very very smooth. But for me it's just like I I like that sweet spot. You know when the tannin starts to fall off, but the fruit still vibrant because there is no vibrant fruit in this.
0: No, it, there's a little bit of fruit, but it's all dried up and and stuff like that. But it's and it's, it's 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 to me, there's no way at its peak. It's definitely coming down the mountain when she comes, but it's not to the point where, as people would say, it's not vinegar. No, and it's it's not something that. You know, I know people. I know you're supposed to cook with wine that's good. You're not supposed to cook with bad wine, but a lot not of people even, not even wine that
1: that's good. Don't cook with anything you wouldn't drink. drink.
0: But I, I, I guess I would use. I would cook with this still. I would too. I would this, this would make a great and, and drink. Drink something with it, but I think it, it would do some great, some great job on some beef. Uh, this would be really nice. I would oh, yeah, make gonna,
1: a gravy with this.
0: Yeah, it's not going to break anything down. Like I wouldn't marinate with it, but it could definitely be be used mm. as a because there's something there's something about this wine that's just it's hitting it's hitting the sweet spot for me for an older wine. That's and that's what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, as he, and, 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 as he uh, mumbles his way through. Well, the best way I can say is like to me this isn't terrible, but I wish I could have tasted it five years ago.
0: Correct, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. We missed it by
1: five years. You, you know, it, it, it's just like I guess before we really wrap up is, is um, like, it, it's one thing about holding a wine collection as well. And and once again, like you're fortunate because you didn't spend a lot of money. I would hate to take one of the the, the Paul Hobbs Chardonnays that I bought, or um, a Dieter Cabernet Franc from the Tokalon Vineyard, or the Tocolon Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. I know I just kind of double. Down on the same region. or my uh, Chateau La Confession that I buy, every, buy that uh, every year. Through classics. I would hate if. Why not we opening that? Um, maybe we'll open one tonight. Hey,
0: that's what I like to hear.
1: But I, 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 I would hate to have drank a bottle like that at the age that this wine is. You know, like I've spent a lot of money on that. I want to enjoy it. Because even though you say that you like old wine, you've admitted on on this podcast that this wine has past its peak. Sure, it is. I would hate to spend sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety dollars. Yes, and drink something. Hundred percent on peak. that one. I and am hundred
0: percent with you on that one. I would not open, have held a sixty dollar bo- a sixty dollar bottle of wine that long.
1: If you open a bottle of sure. wine young, you can force it into submission with a decanter and with some patience, like he does with his dog. Okay, I like that you went with dog and not anything dirtier. But you have to, you have to hand that to me. That a, a bottle of wine that's too young, you can, you can do something with it. Yeah, you can I, force it to open up. You can force it to do that. A wine that's past its prime, there's no getting that back.
0: No, it's not like I could add, you know, sugar or something to this, and or add fruit, or let's throw some sparkling wine in there and make a kirsch. <laughs>
1: He's, yeah, so, he's thinking about it thinking now
0: much. all right let's catch let's cap it there before we get in some real trouble on yeah, many I'm gonna, levels i'm
1: gonna go i think you're right the time is is nigh to open up uh hang on and talk amongst yourself before we wrap up let's see what vintage
0: one. oh my goodness i think andre is actually going to open a bottle of chateau confession i am shocked And, uh, oh, he's got something in his hand.
1: All right, we're on to uh, 2011. And for those of you, since most of you listening to this are fans of the Ontario wine industry, this winery is owned by John Howard of Megalomaniac. So if you get a chance to visit France, super cool winery. The winemaker Jean-Philippe Janouix, super nice guy.
0: So here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave you with a cliffhanger. We are going to open this 2011 Chateau Confession on the next podcast. What? Yep. That's what we're doing.
1: Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.